Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I actually wanted to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. PicDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on, and your clients can actually write notes on the photos you send to them and rate them. Um, for me, I've been using it for a few months now, and it's just really kind of helped me keep myself organized and streamline my workflow. For years, I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But with PicDrop, it was actually designed by photographers, so they really understand what photographers need. And actually, with today's episode, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PicDrop.com. So definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PicDrop.com. And without further ado, we'll get into the Joe Pugliese interview. Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Joe Pugliese, a.k.a. Joe Pug. Joe has worked with clients such as Wired Magazine, Vanity Fair, GQ, Apple, and Netflix, to name a few. Much of Joe's work is based in portraiture, and he has photographed people such as Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, Elon Musk, and Dr. Dre, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Joe about how he went from working as a photojournalist to becoming a portrait photographer and working with top brands and editorial publications. I've been a big fan of Joe's work for years now, so I was really excited to get a chance to have him on the podcast. So I hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right. Joe Pugliese. Uh <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, man. Long time coming. I'm really excited to have you. Um, thanks so much for taking time to do this. Thank you. In, in my hometown, no less, Boston. I'm, I'm literally staring at the Boston Garden. <laughs> Game seven, Stanley Cup tonight. Um, should be cool. Um, but uh, how's it been going, man? How's, uh, how's photography life? What's, uh, what's new? Uh, it's been great. Uh, it's been a really interesting year. Uh, a lot of really fun projects um transitioning a little bit from uh my normal menu of editorial um covers and features for magazines over the past you know 10 plus years um this year has really been kind of a um a new venture for me where things have just been hitting a stride with advertising clients yeah and um some of those have been in the entertainment world and some have just been, um, you know, portrait based, uh, advertising campaigns. And it's just been really probably the busiest year yet, despite, um, kind of my bread and butter being editorial kind of changing and evolving and, yeah. uh, being exciting in other ways. Um, but harder to, I think, maintain uh, that high percentage of, of, of work that it used to be. Okay. And so, um, it's pretty great right now. I feel like, uh, because of the way entertainment is being advertised and uh, the needs of imagery, um, 
across all these different platforms, it actually feels like it's a pretty good time to be a photographer. Yeah, that's exciting, man. You know, I can get doom and gloom sometimes, so I'm, I'm glad you got an upbeat uh, approach to I it. I do, yeah. <laughs> that's good, man. Yeah. With the advertising stuff, do you get the same, like, fulfillment with that type of work as, like, all your editorial coming up with that? You know? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a lot of what we do is multifaceted. I mean, when you say, you know, is a job satisfying, there are a million ways for it to be satisfying. Um, sometimes it's the photography. Sometimes it's that image. It's sometimes it's something that you feel like will be in your monograph someday or, you know, one of your collection of greatest hits. Other times it's the fact that you solved a ton of problems and you made the clients happy and you uh, worked through issues that would have tripped you up earlier in your career. And, and so there's always growth. Um, I always feel like I'm at you know, in the middle of a learning curve, never at the top of it. Mm. So this advertising stuff is great for me now because I'm, I don't feel like a veteran. I feel like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm learning a lot every shoot. Um, the way I'm dealing with clients, the way I'm dealing with art buyers, the way I'm dealing with um, art directors is not the same way, uh, not the same structure as it was with magazine work. So um, I'm learning a ton every job, and that I think that's extremely satisfying. Yeah, because with editorial, a lot of times the photo editors don't even go to the shoots. Well, maybe with your stuff, but uh, I know a lot of people. But with the ad, with the ad stuff, there's just a lot more people on set. You feel there's like there's a lot of delegation. Yeah, there's a lot of um, diplomacy. There's a lot of uh, light touch. Um, I think what I bring to these jobs is um, kind of a reasonable human interaction with everybody. It's what I do with my subjects, and I also do that with the clients. It's not one or the other. Clients get the same care as uh, subjects, as does my crew. I think everyone just sees that it's a um, it's a, a good vibe on set, but it's also very buttoned up and professional. Yeah, so that's smart, man. I guess to go back, man, like how did, uh, how did, how did you get into photography initially, man? What, what was the initial spark for you? Um, I mean, I feel like almost everyone from my generation, which is, you know, uh, starting out with, um, with, uh, with work in you know shooting film and all that stuff i mean everyone kind of came to it a, a different way a lot of people assisted a lot of people um uh just worked in all different um uh aspects of the the portrait game um for me a little bit different i know a few people who have this background but i i came from photojournalism and newspaper work and I started that really in high school so it's really the only thing I've known is is working as a photographer you know for next to nothing in the newspaper world freelancing stringing for AP in San Francisco wow um, what do you yeah. enjoy about that type of work? Because even I saw um, there's some cool photos on your website. You shot at U2 like in concert. It was kind of a photojournalist mm -hmm. approach. Like, what do you what do you kind of enjoy about that uh, approach to work? I guess. I mean, I think it's a nice uh, balance from these productions where there are, like you say, a million people, a lot of delegation, a lot of conversations. I mean, sometimes I I leave a a, a shoot and I'm just mentally exhausted. Just the managing of um, not just the subject, just people and whose voice is strongest and I, I, I just feel like sometimes I spent the whole day um, 
managing uh logistics well logist well i mean i have help in that department but um just expectations um, i think a lot about what people want to get from a shoot and it's just a lot of conversations a lot of interaction and uh photojournalism is this amazing um uh, chance to disappear and be a photographer and make it pure. And so I really try to keep that muscle that I learned, um, you know, through working at newspapers. I mean, I came to LA right after college to work for the LA times. So I'm an ex LA times photographer and you know, that was one man band. And, you know, I had to you know, drive all over LA and Ventura counties for assignments, including, you know, it, it sounds, it sounds glamorous, but it was literally, uh, you know, car crashes and the strawberry festival. And, you know, it was kind of small town reporting. I was, um, in a place where that was, that was great for me to do that and learn to work on deadline and to see, you know, uh, the, the story and make pictures that tell a story. And um, when I started realizing that I wanted to do portraiture, I looked elsewhere okay. and had to you know, find what is the purest form of portrait work. And I just, that was magazines. Yeah, definitely. And even looking at your work now, there's still a photojournalism element to it. Like one photo I really enjoyed, you, you photographed David Letterman and you did like the setup portraits, really nice lit stuff. But then you had some stuff like where he was like, I don't know if he was like the green room or out back. Is that something you always try to like make time for? Just try to add it onto the job or I mean, if you can. Yeah. The most, the work I'm doing with celebrities, um, access just isn't what it used to be. Everything's very controlled. Their time is, um, even more crunched. They have more, uh, obligations, I think, than they did 20 years ago. And, um, so things like being, going behind the scenes with any celebrity, it has to be completely set up and, and approved. I mean, really just in any production, you just have to kind of know what you're after. That was a unique thing because I did do the key art for the David Letterman interview series and we had a big setup and we did key art and motion on the same set. Dave Letterman doesn't want to do, you know, a million concepts. So, and it was scheduled right before his first interview with George Clooney to kick off the season. And so he, we didn't have a super captive audience with, with Dave, even though he was totally professional and, and gave us what we needed, but it was like 10 minutes to do all the key art. Um, so to sort of add value to that, uh, I think they were talking about trying to get one shot backstage or something. And I said, well, why don't I just be a fly on the wall with him? If we, if we have access, see how it goes, I'll just, you know, we'll just do some of that backstage. And it worked out really well. I worked with Brian Marcus, um, at Netflix in the PR, he was heading the, the PR side in most advertising shoots for entertainment, there's two um, things going on. There's the PR, which is like the stuff that goes out to press that, you know, runs in newspapers and magazines worldwide. Then there's the key art, which is the billboards and the stuff that runs like they say on the product, which means like on the actual Netflix menu. Yeah. Um, so I was doing both. Sometimes you do one or the other. Um, and Brian was handling the, the press stuff and we didn't have a ton of, things to do with Dave. So we just, I just shattered him and it turned out really well. And Dave's team thought it was really low impact. And I was, you know, um, I had a light touch, you know, I, I, I got Fly those pictures the and then I sent a PDF that next day or that night. I can't remember of 
what I got basically. And everyone really loved it. And so the Netflix people said, can Joe come back to do that with all the other guests? So basically the first season I did behind the scenes with Dave on, I think five of the six or six of the seven, whatever, um, interviews that he did. So that's where I got Barack Obama backstage. That's where I got, um, you know, Jay Z, um, and all his guests. And I just had this, like, it was just me, and a couple cameras and no directing, no lighting. And it was really pure and it felt really good. And I just recently did that for Warner Brothers. I spent 10 days on the set of um, Big Bang Theory oh, as wow. they taped their finale. And um, same thing, just like a digital Leica and a, and a, a mirrorless camera and, and just kind of hung out. And it was really kind of nice. It was just, you know me being a photographer and it was, and, and that seeing those moments unfold in front of you, it really helps, um, your portraiture because you see how people actually are. Uh, For me, it helps my portraiture because I'm not trying to, um, create something unreal. I'm actually trying to recreate something that's very real. You know, when I'm, when I'm with a portrait subject. Yeah. You got a lot out of that Dave Letterman shoot. Like even this, the photo, I don't know if it was set up, but it's like him walking onto the seamless or something. Was that, right. ba- that basically like you basically, he, that's literally him. Walking, yeah. Walking I mean, my, my approach to portraiture is, uh, I used to, you know, when I shot film cameras, I used to be a little more diligent about, you know, every frame mattered. And now with digital, I'm, I'm like, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to have the subject, you know, for five minutes, I mean, my, I'm going to shoot as much as possible. My, my favorite photo of Hillary Clinton laughing, um, you know, which is a portrait, but it's not really, I didn't ask her to laugh. I mean, she's literally laughing at the fact that we had five minutes with her. And I think it was a joke about how we actually nailed it in five minutes. And that was her reacting to the fact that we did it in five minutes and I'm still shooting. So it's like, yeah, Dave walking on, is a real portrait. That's what you do when you take a portrait. You, you document a person. So I do like having that documentary background because I'm always looking for, you know, my, my, um, ideal photo. And it's something I think about when I'm editing is there's not a frame like it before it. And there's not a frame like it after it. And that, you know, and that's hard to do in portraiture. A lot of times we're just, someone is just sitting in great light if that's not a moment, yep. you know, if I could do, if I could have great light and a moment, then I'm really happy. It doesn't always happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, I always, ask, I, I ask people this, like, like you've been doing this a long time and you photographed a lot of like uh, high profile, profile people, um, worked on all types of different types of editorial, commercial, whatever. Do you walk away from like every shoot, like completely satisfied? <laughs> like, like, Oh, I, I got another piece from my portfolio. Or do you, are you ever like second guessing yourself? Like, I wish I would have tried that or like, right. I mean, the answer is I'm absolutely always second guessing myself. And, um, there are times when I get really excited, uh, that I got something. I think when I photographed, um, uh, Donald Glover, uh, I walked away from that kind of just flabbergasted by the fact that I I got stuff that I just couldn't have imagined. I mean, he really just gave so much. And there are times where I was like, wow, that, that really exceeded my expectations. And also... I make room for, you know, a lot of, um, question marks. Like I've been really trying to set up my lights in ways that I don't normally do. I try to deconstruct, you know, old tricks to make sure I don't repeat things 
very much. Um, but I do absolutely know that part of the process is frustration and I just embrace it. I, you know, I know all the stages that I go through. Um, there's, uh, excitement for the job and then there's nerves about you know are we setting ourselves up to get great stuff and then there's just intense um, focus on uh, what the game plan is and then there's the pre-light which is where you know we're totally in our heads <clears throat> and I've you know so I make I've done it enough that I, I just pay attention to all the feelings and all the emotion I have throughout each stage of a job and now I know during the pre-light, I'm going to be a mess. I'm going to be super nervous. I'm going to be, um, you know, not myself really. And I step out, I step away, I step out and I have these moments where I just walk out of the studio and just have a thought and then go back in and I just have to reset. Yeah. And that, that really helps. And then I do the shoot. The shoot is crazy. I'm like, it's an out of body experience every single time. I just, I, you know, I'm totally, I'm saying things to the subject. I don't even know I'm saying. And, you know, that's why like behind the scenes stuff is really weird. I'm like, wow, do I do that? Do I say that? And, you know, it's just, I, I'm in some other, uh, mental state and I just know that that's going to happen every time. Yeah. And then afterwards I'm going to have this real, um, you know, the adrenaline kind of rushes out of you and then you start thinking and you start saying that you really should have done this or that. And, you know, I just embrace every part of, you know, this is, I, I wouldn't feel this way if I didn't care about the job. Yeah. So, um, every single nerve and every single, um, second guessing is kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's how I want, it's how important I want it to be. Yeah. Cause you care about it that much. Um, do you feel like you can ever like over plan a shoot like, do you, cause like, I'm always curious, like how people approach shoots. Like, do you go into it? Like, I'm going to have them pose this way. I'm going to try these poses or is it more, you kind of have a plan in mind or do you leave room for like flexibility mm -hmm. to whatever your subject's going to bring yeah. to it? I mean, all of that. Yes, absolutely. You can plan. I mean, you, you should plan. Um, I always feel like, uh, you know, you have to. You have to play the hits like the, you know, when, when someone goes to see Paul McCartney, if they don't hear, Hey Jude, they're going to be bummed. So you definitely have to bring Hey Jude to this, to the shoot for your client because they saw your portfolio and they said, you know, I really like that picture or I like that approach. Um, you have to probably knock out something that's in the world of, you know, what the client thinks you do. Um, so, you know, it's, it's multiple. Like, and for me, it's about like, it's as easy as walking around the light. Like, you know, yes, this is the light from this angle, but you know, what if I come from, you know, 180 or 90 degrees? Um, I also definitely have been actively making room for, I wouldn't call them mistakes, but surprises, you know, I, I do lighting things that I don't know if they'll work or not. And often they don't, but that's how I find the things that do work. I mean, this, this recent, um, uh, soccer portfolio I did of the U S women's national team, which I'm so excited about, yeah. um, was total free play, but I was still very limited time. I mean, we had a matter of minutes with, with each subject because they were doing a huge press day, but we did have a nice studio set up at Nike and I don't even know if I could recreate how I lit that again. I mean, I just was really putting lights 
wherever wherever all over things are just spilling and what's fun for for me about that is um it becomes more cinematic there's a pool of light over here let's get near it instead of stand on that mark you'll get you know that f11 light that we know is going to happen i you know i really do want to sort of deconstruct that at the same time yeah it's like get that and then and then yeah and then room to explore freestyle yeah yeah that's, yeah that's smart and you know how you were mentioning like you worked at the la times uh, how long did you work there for so uh i interned there when i was in college and that was an amazing experience you know i was like 20 years old and going doing la times assignments and it was the you know it was uh, in the 90s in la which there was a lot of news the la times was a big um you know it, there were t- probably 20 staff photographers so i learned and it was incredibly um a staff made up of people of diverse backgrounds and it was incredible because i you know i was 20 years old but they you know there were staffers who had been there from the 60s and then staffers who were like hot shots from the 80s and i had mentors men and women and uh, all backgrounds um showing me their voice and that's really all you have in photojournalism is your voice it's, there's not a lot of everyone shoots the same gear everyone pretty you know there's no real lighting tricks there's no color balance Oops. My bad. <laughs> Oops. Sorry. um so it was only your 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 voice that that mattered so um i got a lot out of that and then i just kind of quickly felt like i was maxing out on what i can get from it i i I thought that there was something else out there yeah because it's about three or four years of of uh working for them and how did you kind of make the transition to getting to like portraiture did you end up like doing any like photo assisting at all or how did you kind of make that jump from like being a photojournalist to doing like portraiture and all that well i I mean i knew that i liked uh, of all the things i had to shoot you know which was like press conferences at city hall and um you know any any other assignment three or four assignments a day um i did get some portrait assignments and some of them were like those press junkets you do at the four seasons in la with five minutes with johnny depp or whatever um and so i did some of those and then i just started seeing that that work was interesting and challenging and i was not good at it and uh i started to look at you know the work of annie and mark seliger and and i just thought wow you know this is an amazing um uh human uh approach to portraiture and through photojournalism i met you know some people who knew some photographers who'd come from photojournalism and are now doing the kind of work I was interested in. And, and one of those, um, was Art Stryber. The God, man. Art's <laughs> the man, dude. I love yeah, that guy. I mean, he's extremely, uh, he's a force and he always has been, but this is, you know, 20 years ago. And, um, he, I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know what a C-stand was. And he invited me on set and his, really accomplished amazing assistants mondo gonzalez and pete Wintersteller um had the patience to take me on and and uh show me the ropes and i was interested enough and eager enough and made time for it and i basically ended up leaving the la times to assist art and he was the only one i assisted but he you know he showed me it was you know i went to it was like it was like grad school i mean he is 
an open book. He um, yeah, that's the coolest thing about that guy. Like he he is an open book. Like you see it on his Instagram, but even this like I, I talked to him like he because a lot of photographers like they don't want to tell you anything about how they light it, how they promote. Mm-hmm. He's this like he's an, he literally is an open. book. Yeah, I mean, it's I I feel like he is. A, an example of that he always has been i mean it's not um it's it's totally natural for him i mean i was thinking about it the other day that before you know instagram or even email we or texting photos or whatever you know i would go i would do a shoot for forbes magazine and, and i would have a you know my selects of six by seven chromes and i would be going to fedex to send it in which was our thing every day it was like we have to get this into fedex i like knew all the offices and you know who closed when and i would specifically go by art's house and show him my shoot he just had he gave me his feedback we always you know there was a big thing about editing together and there's just like that sense of community and that was you know he does this uh he does this uh, dinner for all his crew every year. It's called like the photo dork. It was started yeah. as the photo dork lunch and now it's the photo dork Christmas. <laughs> I don't know what he calls it, but, uh, you know, I was at the very first one and there was like eight of us there and now it's like 75 people. And it's like just something that he always thinks to give back to his crew. And you see it in his, you know, 10 page long captions, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that uh, that he's he's there to boost the community and yep. you know I, I I keep thinking like one of these days I want to do like a family tree of like everyone who you know whose careers have been helped by him and it would just be massive I mean he's always he's always out to help people yeah and even you like looking at your Instagram you've done some really cool stuff to give back to people like I saw recently you you gave a young photographer you just like gave away a camera like on your Instagram feed it was like a young photographer right. I believe uh, uh, Cheryl Sanchez yeah really amazing photographer mm-hmm. what kind of made you want to do that because like, you, you could have just kept that for yourself I mean <laughs> it, honestly it's because well for so many reasons uh First of all, I think um, photo contests um, favor established photographers. It costs money to enter a contest, and that's not lost on me. It's just part of what I do for promotion, so I spend the money. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's super equal in terms of who enters. It costs hundreds of dollars to enter, enter these contests. Um, I place well in them, but I'm also consistent in in place you know in entering um i like it as a as just a a permanent record i mean like i like being in communication arts and i like being in the american photography annual just because it's a place for my images to to live as like a yearbook um but you know that that camera was given to me by canon and apa and i entered that contest i never once even read that there was anything to win you know it's just for me it's literally just a i'd like there to be uh, some representation of what I shot this year and they said you know congratulations you won the camera and I and I just thought like uh, you know what why <laughs> like uh, you know I don't think any real working professional I don't know it's just like I have that camera like I already <laughs> I already own that camera which is an amazing camera but I just started thinking like man when I was starting out um my gear was shoddy. Like I I was scraping it together every single shoot and 
uh, renting a camera is a huge yeah. uh, issue. It's like five hundred dollars a day to get. Yeah, a now these days yeah. for a pro- proper digital camera, it's no joke. And I know so many people are using old, you know, generation cameras that you can't really crop into and stuff. And this is a this was a great camera, and I just thought, you know, well, why not put it out there on Instagram? And the other reason is. Instagram has been amazing for me to see that there's another generation coming in that is, you know, going to be defining what imagery looks like. And I'd rather that camera be in the hands of somebody who's, you know, on the upswing of like, you know, they're not, they're not bogged down by what they think photography should look like. They're just shooting what they think it looks great. So uh, yeah, I found Cheryl through, um, my syndication agents, she works there and then she does shoots, you know, in her spare time. And I just felt like this is a perfect candidate. Her camera, her, her the camera she was using was old and tired and yeah. she's also starting to shoot jobs. And the one thing you want when you shoot jobs is a reliable okay, okay. Yeah. camera. <laughs> yeah, no, I really respect it, man. Cause like in a business where photography, it's all about, a lot of it is, this is like self-promotion. It's like, look at my work, look at my website. I think it's cool. Like anytime anybody can like, you know, give back or help out another photographer. I, I really respect that. Um, and you know, I guess like, how did you kind of, you're working with art. How did you kind of make the transition to like break off on your own? Because I think a lot of photographers <laughs> listening to that, it's really hard because you, you're assisting and then you want to break off and mm. you know, it's easy to get one job, but how do you kind of consistently get to the point where you're actually making a living doing this shooting? Yeah. I mean, I could, I can talk about how I did it, but I don't know if it's relevant to how anyone would do it now. The, the, yeah. the game has changed and I talk about this a lot. Like, you know, I, I, um, I gave a talk at, photo expo last year and um and i taught at santa fe workshop and um i love doing that because it's a nice way for me to just think about you know why i do what i do but i found myself kind of saying like i mean or hearing other photographers too talk about how they got started and it's at this point in 2019 it's just storytelling i mean it's just sort of like there's a lot of it like for me it was like yeah I assisted art but I was also a photographer already before that Mm -hmm. so it was I knew it was transitional I knew that it was a time for me to like get what I was going to get out of it and and start and when I started magazines had you know an, an entertainment weekly would have four, five, six assignments each issue every week. So they had a front of the book thing. They had a back of the book thing. They had, you know, a small feature. They had the main well. And they would have a quarter page assigned photo. And so why not give a, a an assistant that, that chance? These days, um, I'm seeing less assistants making the transition because assisting... Um, you know, if you're good, it's, it's lucrative. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and also sometimes assisting too much takes you away from shooting. So it depends on what you want to do. I feel like if you have, uh, a desire to do productions, um, you know, or even magazine shoots that require multiple looks and a cover shoot and all the nuts and bolts of it, I think it's crucial to see it done because, you know, you're going to, you're going to fail a lot, um, until, until you figure it out. And, um, I think assisting is great for that, but you have to keep, I think it should be 50, 50. I mean, for every assisting day, I think you should go and shoot shoot something on your own and, and those things should be, you know, 
I think those, I don't know. It, it, it all I can talk about is the, a portrait photographer's yeah. trajectory because that's all I know. It's different for fashion. It's different for lifestyle. It's different for, you know, strictly advertising photographers. But for portrait work, I feel like um, practicing portraiture uh, with people you don't know is super important because doing portraiture with your friends yeah. is nothing like no. doing portraiture with people you are asked to photograph. Yeah. This is absolutely the opposite. Yeah. Um, the people you don't know, there's an entire psychology to from you know first meeting them to getting into it and directing them is super off-putting for everyone involved. And if you don't practice that, mm -hmm. it's gonna it's just gonna take a long time. So I would say, you know play with lighting and stuff with your friends, but definitely practice uh, photographing strangers. Is that something that took you a while to get comfortable with? Well, no, because I had a photojournalism background sure. and that I think I, you know, who knows what attracted me to photojournalism. I think part of it is um, uh, integrating into a, um, a scenario in a in a way that is comfortable and reading the room and making sure that you understand people's energies and you're not coming in too hot and you're not also fading back you have to like like ride that that balance of like i have something to do here i'm a professional you're in good hands but i'm also not going to steamroll yeah. you know yeah, this yeah. entire uh <laughs> session so um i think keeping it I mean, I'm only talking about my approach. There's a million approaches. Some people are super conceptual yep. and say like, get on board with this amazing vision I have to build this set or whatever, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. I just can't speak to that because I'm more reacting to, you know, I'm trying to peel back something with, you know, the way somebody really is um, and humanize them. So yeah. all I can do is meet someone, read their energy, react to it try to guide it and and see what happens do you got any, like any tricks you use to like put people at ease because like as you know some people are comfortable with photo shoots some people aren't mm -hmm. they might be having a bad day mm -hmm. do you have like go-to things you might say to them or is it this yeah I, yeah but i can't say that it's the same go-to for everyone um uh it's really reading them i i feel like my strength is understanding if someone will respond to a trick or not. I don't want to just say, okay, my thing that I do is talk to them about their day or, you know, it, some people I can, I know right away, this person is extremely organized and wants to know what to do yeah. and wants to take direction. Now my job is to do exactly that, which I'm comfortable with anyway. This other person is not doesn't want to do the photo shoot at all and you know feels weird that all these people are looking at them okay my job now is close off the set go walk around with that person mm. to shoot somewhere where no one else is is looking at them and then maybe come back and get the thing that we had to do like there's every, there's a, si every situation is different there's a million tricks and i mean it's hard to even call them tricks it's just how you would uh i mean i think a lot of professionals have this i think every professional has um has a way through to uh to a human approach if you're a dentist or if you're um a doctor or an accountant or anybody who has to sort of like read their client and say like yeah, it looks like you're uh having a hard time with this let me help you yeah because you've hired me to be 
you know, I, I'm here as a professional mm-hmm. and that's how I view the portrait processes. Um, it's no coincidence that I've photographed people that you recognize. The reason that is, is because I know how to deal with humans yeah. in an empathetic way. For me, it's, you know, it's just my approach. I'm not, I'm not saying this is portraits in general. I just, for me, my brand is that, um, it's going to be, uh, even with Hillary Clinton with five minutes, I still spoke to her. I still put the camera down. I mean, I lost, you know, a minute just like engaging and, um, that makes it worth it for me. Um, and, uh, I think the clients see that and sometimes they get nervous on set. Well, you're wasting time. Yeah. And it's like, well, I could also be wasting time taking pictures that are boring. Yeah. You know, I'd rather waste end, that time, it's y- the, you know, and get somewhere. It's the end result that matters is it's like, however you get there, you get there. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, has your career been like a gradual build? Was there like one shoot or two that mm. kind of gave you a bump or is it just mm-hmm. kind of been a steady build for you? Like you said early on this interview, lately you've been doing more advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think a lot of photographers they look at your work you're shooting all these people like elon musk and all these people but uh, did it take you a while to kind of this kind of yeah grow i guess no it took forever and i feel like i'm still you know i i mean i i have no perception of like um which photos are important or not you know i the perception from me uh to the to the outside world I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about it. I don't know what people think of what I do. I try to just show what I like. Um, a hundred percent, no one, no one session put me on any kind of map. I mean, there was never a spike in that way. It was a ton and ton of, you know, embarrassing (laughs) missteps (laughs) and photos that I look back and I I do spend time looking at my archive and it just, you know, it it brings me down to earth and says to, and also it also gives me confidence in saying like, look, if I thought that that was a good photo then, um, or if I didn't have the tools to do a better job than I did then, I mean, there are subjects I shot that I want to shoot again because I just didn't, I had good subjects and I didn't do something special with them that I would, I feel like I would do something more special now. Um, but it, that's part of the process. I mean, I think that being a professional is really taking your lumps and, um, the hardest part of this job is staying, um, staying positive in the face of all of the adversity thrown at you. And I, I just feel very lucky that I just always considered myself a photographer. I didn't have to second guess that. Um, I would say if, if you ever are second guessing that, um, do some real soul searching. Um, I mean, there's a great, I mean, there's a great quote about like, you know, if, if someone says you're not an artist or someone says you're not something that you want to be and you believe it, you know, you, that should tell you something. I mean, it'd be like somebody saying like, you know, my friend says like, if someone called you an arsonist, you would just laugh at them. I'm not an arsonist. Like, you know, but if someone said, Oh, you're not a photographer, you would, you should just be like, no, I am a photographer. This is what I do. Like you might be missing it or I'm not there yet, but I a hundred percent have belief that I am capable of doing it. And that has to happen concurrently with the feeling of disappointing results or a shoot where you really didn't, you know, 
get anywhere with the subject or the subject thought you were weird. I mean, I've had some doozies with, with some subjects and they, you know, they knocked me on my heels and I knew I just had to like give it some thought about, you know, what happened and also not take it personally. The subjects who are mean to you or not engaged with you, they don't know you. It's not personal. It has nothing to do with who you are as a person. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, a weird thing. I've never really met anyone who enjoys getting their picture taken. Uh, You know, I mean, there have been enjoyable times, but I I think it's, it's off putting, like I said, and, and you have to manage that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I I look at your work and look at art in my mind, like guys like you, Dan Winters, for me, like you guys are like the top of the chain, successful. Do you even, do you feel like a successful photographer? Maybe that's a dumb Hmm. question. Do you feel like, are you at where you want to be at? Um, Because I think a lot of people are like, you're the goal. Like that's what people Uh, want to do. You know what I mean? uh, Well, I mean, I will say that I, I look, I have the same thing. I look at other photographers and they're the goal. I mean, you know, especially new photographers. Like I can't, I can't go backwards. Like I, I do feel successful because I make a living doing it doing something I love. I mean, I'm extremely, um, appreciative of that. Um, but I get jealous of photographers that have been at it for a year cause I can never get that back. I can never have a first yeah. magazine cover again. You know it's what I mean? I, it's, it's so exciting. And I just like, I, I, I'm so thrilled for people when they say, this is my first cover. And I, you know, I never thought I would shoot here. I mean, I, 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 every day, especially with Instagram, there's just the, the, um, the volume of work that I see is so exciting. And it's these new photographers never thought I could shoot a cover You know, here I am. Uh, I, you know, for example, somebody who's having an amazing, uh, career, amazing, um, time who worked very hard for it in my estimation is Dana Scruggs. Yeah. I, have you had her on? No, I haven't. I, I I've reached out. I'm going to try to get her on here. Um, yeah, amazing work. She did uh, that cool cover of Travis Scott for Rolling Stone. Yeah, and and her story is so great because, um, you know, she did so much personal work and had such an amazing voice in her personal work. I always responded to I always just thought, like, oh, this is an amazing photographer. And it used to be almost a detriment that, you know, your personal work was so strong and photo editors would be like, well, I need a cover shooter. I need somebody who's done this before. And now I'm really you know, Katrina at Rolling Stone is, is a champion of new voices. And I think that is something I really missed out on. And I was, um, I was kind of always cognizant of the fact that there were only a handful of people doing all the work, you know, as I came up and it was a time where there was that diva attitude of like, you know, I'm a big rock star photographer And I always just felt like, you know, coming from the newspaper world, there were no, I mean, there weren't many rock star, you know, photojournalists. It was people were pretty kind and and supportive of each other. I mean, uh, we all edited each other's film and really boosted each other up. And I missed that in magazines. And now I feel like um, magazines are now photographers are boosting each other. They're sharing other people's work. They're um, championing new voices and um, I, I mean, I'm just seeing people get these chances that they did not get and that I probably got just because I wasn't a real, you know, there people weren't taking a risk with me. Um, I was a known entity through art. I, you know, wasn't controversial in any way. My work was very acceptable and, and not challenging. 
And now I, I feel like people who are doing cha more challenging work, have a stronger point of view, are also doing magazine covers. And I think that's so good for photography. Yeah, you feel like it's this important to have like a, a, a diverse group of like photographers, people um, in this business. Because I know talking to you, that's something that's important to you is having a diversity within this thing, right? Well, I mean, I, yeah, the the point of photography is to expose things, and I, you know, being who I am, I can't have the access to expose certain things. You know, I don't have uh, access to communities that you know aren't aren't part of my world, um, and I want to see people be the conduit for those communities. And I think it's really happening. I think you can see in magazine assigning that, um, you know, people who are integrated into a community are the voices, you mm -hmm. know, and, uh, you get so much more out of it. There's instant trust. Um, you know, I just know from my background that gaining trust with the subject is everything. And, um, if there's a quicker way in to do that, um, what I have to offer now is that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm experienced at gaining trust of kind of anyone, but that doesn't mean that um, they've, the subjects always feel like I'm um, able to really reflect their world in an authentic way. So I, it's just the, the things I think about, like what, you know, what is authenticity in this, um, in this portrait game and how important that is. You know, also now with advertising, I think I'm using my skills these are high pressure jobs. They can't miss, you know, I have a client who needs a photo of a, you know, a level subject, you know, this isn't the time to experiment. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I see it from all angles, but I do, um, I do believe that photography gets better with, um, with less, uh, people who are burdened by the history of photography. I feel like the best photographers don't even know what anyone else is doing. They just are shooting. They're just literally, you know, absorbing their world in whatever way they see fit. Yeah, they're a part of the community that they're photographing. Like, sure, like <clears throat> some big photographer can fly in for a week and try to be a part of that community. But in the long term, when you have a photographer who's really a part of it, that, in my opinion, that's when you get the true, honest work, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's the beauty of uh, photo directors, honestly. I've always been in awe of um, that idea of pairings. You know, I always say that they're like sommelier. It's like, okay, you have the subject. Who, what does that pair well with? You know, who... And they have to give a lot of thought to their needs and to um, the needs of the magazine and the voice of the magazine, and they can they can make or break a shoot with like how they how they um, pair it. By the time you get the call for a magazine shoot, <clears throat> um, a lot of thought has been put into why you're getting the call. Yeah, that's like anytime you get a call, it's like damn, I'm getting a chance because there's so many photographers out there. It's like anytime I get a call, it's like. It's the best feeling because they, they they have to respect your work at that mm -hmm. point, you know. Sure. Um, and you know, we we're kind of talking like with with magazines, the landscape's kind of changing. We've seen some really big magazines close recently. Not close. ESPN, the magazine, isn't printing anymore. They're still going to be doing digital. Um, where do you kind of see the ma future of magazines mm. going? Because um, I know when we were talking through email, you, you said <clears throat> there are some things you you were hopeful about that you yeah. were exciting. Well, yeah, I think it's a bit of a trap to, you know, put all our 
attention into these older models of photography um, only because I'm an absolute you know, student of magazines and uh, when I get to shoot a cover and table of contents and opening spread and inside portraits, I mean, it's like such a comfortable place to be. I love it. I could do it day in, day out. I wish that was all I did. You know, I wish I lived in a time where, you know, I got a contract with a magazine yeah, and got yeah. to have guaranteed covers, yeah. you know, I mean, that is just such a fun way because it's, it, you know, it's an organized and, and wonderful way, but you know, those were always advertisements. Covers were advertisements for the magazine. It's, you know, it, it it's a sales, mm-hmm. uh, technique. You know, when you choose a cover image, you're basically saying like, you know, how does that represent our brand and, and the person at the same time? Um, I feel like that idea of, um, it, it's, it, it, it's tricky. I, I feel like the idea of magazines, I don't think the idea of magazines is going away. It's just the sort of format of them. Um, I do feel like there is a need for curation. Magazines always curated. So you knew Vanity Fair was curating, you know, that photo shoot with, you know, going way back, it would be like Demi Moore. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a Vanity Fair Demi Moore project um, with Annie. So there's like three major entities there, photographer, subject, magazine. I feel like when there's only two entities, one of them is gone, it's, it's, it's tricky because there isn't that balance anymore. So like if you're a photographer and you're shooting now Kim Kardashian, but it's for her brand that's going to go on her stuff, she's 100% in control. You're not going to really, unless you have a great relationship with the subject and you are collaborating, but... Um, I felt like there was a nice um, neutrality to the three entities, the voice of the magazine, the voice of the subject, voice of the photographer. That was kind of a beautiful triangle. And I think that that triangle will have to exist in some other way. And so maybe it's a, an Instagram feed or maybe it's a, a curated uh, content, you know, that exists on some yet to be seen platform. I mean, I think in the next few years, you're going to see photography live in all kinds of new ways. And I'm just sort of waiting. I mean, it's 2019. Maybe we can look back on this someday and say, oh, that became this thing. And I feel like it's something that's going to complete that triangle between, I'm talking about portrait work, subject, you know, and it's still like Time Magazine can exist if it didn't print as the arbiter of who is a time magazine subject that doesn't have to be in print ESPN body issue doesn't have to be in print. They're still saying they're going to print special issues and stuff. Yeah. But even if they don't print it, I'm saying like ESPN being the arbiter of these are the athletes and this is how we're showing them. And then a photographer takes that on and the subject takes that on. That's a, beautiful little triangle of, of collaboration. And I just feel like it has to be that triangle. If you put, if it's, if it's one-on-one, then somebody's going to have more power than the other person. Yeah. The the thing that I, I kind of like struggle with is like when everyone says like, yeah, it's just going to go digital. It's going to go digital. The thing I worry (laughs) is like, are are rates just going to go down because they're like, oh yeah, it's just going for the website. Uh, I don't know. That's the, that's the thing that I'm kind of interested to see how it plays out, you know, um, because it's just a different platform. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a good question for really good agents who are on the cusp of all this, because I know that I've seen with advertising, there's been like 
we're doing this for print, we're doing this for print, this for social. And that used to be like, I just a grab, like let's just get whatever for social. Now the social stuff is as lucrative. Mm -hmm. uh, the rates for that are, you know, that that's what has all the eyeballs. I mean, even this project I'm working on in Boston right now, um, there's social elements, there's major print elements, but they're also doing like an eight minute movie with the subject like super high production value. And it's like, wait, that's not a TV commercial. It's like, no, there are no TV commercials. They're doing an eight minute movie like with the subject. Yeah. It'll be on YouTube and also be on their website. And it'll just be one of those things that's so beautiful. And it's such a new way to see the subject that people will probably watch an eight minute. I mean, it's a narrative piece and you know, that's how you advertise. I think, you know, storytelling, um, for us, if you can't tell a story, um, you're going to be squeezed out. I think if, again, like hang, hanging on to old models is a major trap. So I just feel like think about what it is to, at the core of what we do and why yeah. there will be a need for it. People want to know more about other people. That's what we do. We let people know more about other people. That's yeah. it. And yeah. so who cares how it, that gets done? If you're worried about if that's film or digital, if you're worried about that's magazines or, or online, it's like, you're lost in the weeds. It should be all about what it is that we really do. And if you can't do that, practice that. Like yeah. practice, what is it? Like, did I reveal something about my subject? Does somebody looking at this picture know more about that person than they did? Or does it evoke something that they might want to know more? I mean, I just think the best pictures are filled with mystery and story, so. Yeah, I think, I think like storytelling, you as a photographer, that you can just keep doing what you're doing. It's just like, Finding finding the new ways to deliver those stories, because um, like we were talking like social media and things. I saw a really interesting thing recently. There's a stand-up <laughs> comedian in New York, and he was talking. He was like, "Yeah, he's like, you know, a lot of comedians they put their hour on YouTube or whatever." And he's like, "People don't watch mm. footage that long." So what he did, which was so smart, and I think you could apply it to photography stories too. He's like, "Yeah, I just took all my jokes in an hour special, and he cut them up in like like." two or three minute videos and that's mm -hmm. how it, and that's how he delivered it and his success was like way better than the way he did it before yeah so i think it's well same. i mean he's, he, yeah he's holding on to an old model like no this is just what you do and these days that's a major trap i feel like there is no this is what you do anymore just invent it you can yeah. just say i think this is a great way to look at images i'm going to do short films on my uh instagram yeah. story and yeah. it's like well that's where all the eyeballs are yeah. so you should show what your storytelling is where the eyeballs are yeah and with you i was always kind of curious like uh, you you shoot a lot of celebrities that's obviously not all you do you shoot all types of different portraiture and different projects um was the celebrity thing was that like always a goal that you wanted mm. to shoot celebrities or did this kind of mm. happen naturally with being a portrait photographer yeah it's definitely happened from being a portrait photographer and it completely can be pointed to the fact that i lived in los angeles that's just what magazine jobs entailed i never had it as a goal um but i do I did find a love for it in that I liked having access to someone that people already know. So there's a familiarity with the subject and then they can immediately get into, okay, I already know who that is. I don't need the story, but I am now seeing what the photographer thought of the subject or what the photographer thought was important to represent about the subject. That to me was a nice little um, uh, setup for the purity of 
photography and all the photographers that I ever had as heroes, um, I think I was most interested in the way they documented the people of their time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going back to the people that really influenced me, I think I was drawn to the people that could photograph notable people in an interesting way. Yeah. Do you remember kind of the first celebrity you photographed? I honestly, I do think it was Johnny Depp for the LA Times. Wow. Yeah. And it was like, you know, me and a light that I brought in a hotel room and, and he was completely gracious. And I remember him just being really, this is, you know, I was so young and I think I was 20. Yeah. I think, but that I wouldn't even consider that like a celebrity shoot because it's like, I had no idea what I was doing, Yeah, but it was that access of like, and for me it was like, in my mind, it was the same pressure as I would have to photograph a real estate agent or whatever. I mean, I still was like, is this good? You know? And, uh, I didn't even know. I mean, I guess they're in the LA times archives. It'd be fun to look at those pictures, but, um, (laughs) uh, you know, the, the idea of celebrity or being starstruck or anything like that never crossed my mind. You know, and I've, I've been around some amazing people, but it's always very human in person. And, and, um, and that, I think that, the ease at which I could do that, you know, you, without that, you, it'd be, you'd be hard pressed to find a celebrity photographer that um, is starstruck. Yeah, you can't, you can't be nervous. You can't show nervous. Well, you can't show nervous. Yeah. You, you know, 100% can be nervous. <laughs> like I had to ask you, I mean, you photographed Steve Jobs. Do you remember your, do yeah. you remember your mindset going into the 100%, shoot? 100%, yeah. You, well, I'm, I, you know, I grew up in Cupertino. Like yeah. I'm from, you know, Apple headquarters, basically. Yeah. So... Being in the Bay Area and growing up, um, you know, my parents weren't in tech. They just, uh, but I had a lot of friends whose parents worked at Apple. And um, yeah, he's a massive uh, uh, folk hero, kind of, I would say. And, you know, at the time, it was, I photographed him the day he introduced the iPhone. So the first, Damn. yeah, he walked, it was for Time Magazine. So amazing access. Um, we still only had, you know, seven minutes with him or whatever, but he walked off the stage at the keynote where he introduced the iPhone to the world, holding his iPhone. And he showed me the first iPhone I ever saw. He handed to me and let me like scroll through iTunes or something. And I was just completely flabbergasted by that. But, um, you might be the first photographer to hold an iPhone. You literally, I mean, (laughs) that's historic, man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Put that on my non-existent Wikipedia page. Uh, no, but like, uh, you know, it was extremely challenging. I had to be completely organized. So it's, you know, the shoot like that, you don't even have time to think about, uh, um, think about what your interaction is, you know? And he literally looked in my eyes and said, tell me what you want me to do. It was so perfectly Steve Jobs and perfectly uh, direct, and it was comforting. I was like, "Thank you. You you're just you know you get you're giving me a chance now to direct you, which is all I need, you know." Yeah, like, and then you ended up photographing Tim Cook, the new CEO, um, and you photographed like Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, um, with Pete with these like mega like titans of industry these huge personalities like what have you kind of learned being around these people are there like any similarities with these people? yeah there's definitely a thread um all of those people you mentioned are 100 percent in control of their day no i mean i won't even mention their lives but their, their day is um 
extremely well thought out and organized. I mean, for Oprah, she's probably my all-time favorite. I photographed her many times, and I did a lot of behind-the-scenes work with her on her TV show. I, I did a lot of reportage work with her um, in Chicago as she filmed the last uh, episodes of her daytime show. Wow. So I had really great access, and that was for her, for Harpo. And um, she, yeah, I just have now realized that people like that are surrounded by professionals. So when there's a sound person uh, with a boom mic, that's like somebody who really knows what they're doing. And when there's somebody, you know, uh, one of her executive producers that she um, needs things from, that executive producer is totally the best. The best. And so I just kind of feel like, you know what, it's a nice thing to think about as a photographer. You should be a specialist. You're not their friend. I'm not in the entourage. I'm not going to hang out and have dinner. I'm the specialist who comes in and does what they need me to do. So the idea of like, oh, I better ingratiate myself to the subject. It's like, well, are they ingratiating themselves to their CPA? I mean, not really. They're like, okay, tell me what to do. Are they ingratiating themselves to a contract lawyer or somebody? Like, no, I need the best person yeah. who's going to be efficient and has the, the experience to know that there isn't really time to waste. I definitely get into small talk and with the Oprah there's is um, I've photographed her enough times that when I see her it's a it's like a nice hello but you know it's not like we're keeping in touch it's like if I see her I'm photographing her yes yeah, you a, know it's a working relationship you're just another appointment on their day I, well I mean the the thing about Oprah is she's unbelievably um, empathetic and it, you just see it in everything she knows how humans take more than anyone i've ever seen her interview process is like it, it's jarringly good like i you know it, it just being around that energy is um is inspiring so it yeah it makes me want to bring my a game <laughs> what was your experience with elon musk because like for me that guy is an interesting guy anybody uh go check out elon musk interview with joe rogan on his podcast <laughs> i don't know if you listen to it it was interesting but the guy who's doing so much what was your experience did you just photograph him once or yeah just once yeah um it really organized i mean he left the shoot at one point because he had to watch one of his rockets be launched and then he came back to the shoot so like a photo shoot isn't even a blip on his radar. I mean, like, he's like, I'm literally launching things into space. So if you're done, let me know, you know? So I, I don't have any like delusions of like, I'm going to really break through and I'm going to break them down. It's like, yeah. I know, you know, there are days where you have to go in like a seal team and nail it. And there are other days, maybe you have some time in the studio and you can actually, um, uh, get into the human side and ask about their lives and their kids and where they live. And I mean, the subject I'm photographing here in Boston is like, you know, I knew where he lived in LA and we talked about that neighborhood and kind of the stuff. And we got into this thing about like family and, you know, it was just like a couple minutes, but it was, it was a nice, like, Oh, I'm a human with a life. And so are you. Yeah. And then we got back into it, you know, it's yeah. fine. No, it's cool. And another, another shoot I was really interested in talking to you about, you photographed uh, Elizabeth Holmes, um, the for former founder of Theranos, mm. which ended up being like a gigantic fraud. Mm. Um, 
what do you what, what do you take away from that shoot because like looking back on it now like what was your experience with her and what do you kind of take away from doing that shoot now uh, yeah like- i mean if that if that shoot um wasn't tied to this big story yeah. i wouldn't think about that shoot it's a it was a you know I actually really liked that shoot. I it was for Fortune Mag. I really always loved sh- shooting for Fortune because the people we met are all, you know, there is a thread between them all. They're extremely focused. They're extremely efficient, and she was amazing. And and also, I felt like, you know, your perception of someone from a photo session has nothing to do with their life. Mm. Um, it's you know, people say like, who was the who was the worst? And I was like, I don't even have an answer for that because. I don't know what anyone was going through. I wouldn't want somebody to say I was the worst um, if I was, you know, going through something and having a, I don't know what. I want to allow people to have um, the whatever day they were having and also have to do a photo shoot. Um, you know, it's never malicious. But with, with Elizabeth Holmes, she was completely professional and... Um, I thought she was striking and also I was happy to photograph a, a woman for the cover of fortune, which I didn't, I don't think I had before. Yeah. I mean, I think now it's, you know, this is, this is a number of years ago. Magazines didn't feature people on the cover the way they do now mm-hmm. as often. I mean, there, there were, but now I feel like, um, that idea of who is a cover subject, I think about a lot and why are these people cover subjects? And I think, um, someone like Elizabeth Holmes was exciting to me. She was very young. She was extremely smart. She had an amazing idea so much so that, you know, I was in talks with the company to photograph her again because they liked that shoot so much for the company. And I was literally thinking like, maybe they can pay me in stocks because I completely believed in the product. Um, I think there's a lot of bashing uh, in hindsight and I don't really, I don't really subscribe to that because I wouldn't have bashed her. Yeah you know, that day was lovely and I wouldn't have bashed her because we don't really get to know people. No. I mean, I've, I've photographed Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh, I've photographed people who have fallen and, and been, and been shown to be, you know, colossal jerks in their private life. You know, I don't get that from them on a photo shoot. I don't know. Yeah. And, and I would say if I had to judge who's an awful person and who's a good person from a photo shoot, I, I would have no information to, to make that judgment. So I'm really trying to be honest with how I feel in the moment with somebody, not their story. And I, it's, it's another reason why I don't do a lot of research. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd rather, you know, I don't want to know everything about a subject. And I, what you read like online is not, it's, it, it might not be true. Like, I mean, it, it, well, you would know where they came from, yeah, you would know true. their background and I, I don't want to be embarrassingly out of touch with, with anyone, but, um, I also don't want to have this, um, imbalance of, you know, nothing about me, the photographer ostensibly, um, why should I have your whole dossier memorized? Yeah. You know, it just takes away the humanity of like, tell me about yourself. And I mean, I've, I think I asked yeah, I mean, I asked, I asked a, a, an actor if she had kids, and she just looked at me like I was crazy. And I and I and then later I thought, oh, I guess everyone knows, knows that she has kids, and everyone talks about her and her kids. And I just thought, like, oh, I hope that didn't come off as like 
glib. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a balance. Like, I don't want to be totally clueless. Yeah. But I truly didn't know that she had kids. Yeah. I don't follow celebrity life that I think way. I think it's smart because you have, like, a, you actually are interested in having an honest dialogue with these people instead of some, like, phony, like, Yeah, depends on the personality, though, yeah. because maybe they would be like, gosh, this person doesn't even know who I am, and they're, <laughs> and they're, and he's in charge of what I look like. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's a little, I don't know. I have to, I have to be careful with that. Yeah, and you know, I have asked a few photographers this. I asked uh, Dan Winters and Chris Buck. Um, have you ever like not wanted to photograph someone because you didn't believe in like whatever they're about or mm. anything like that? Yeah. Uh, uh, how do you kind of deal with those situations? I guess. Yeah. Well, look, I would photograph almost anyone for Time Magazine. Okay. Um, because I I believe in the voice of Time Magazine. I believe that they're going to. Um, report on people who are making news for one reason or another. I wouldn't photograph that person for, you know, a lifestyle magazine. Uh, like, let's say it's a politician. I mean, for example, I won't say who it was, but I was asked to shoot a, fo- a politician who I didn't believe in that politician's politics, yeah. but that, that, that shouldn't mean I, I can't photograph them. But the thing that really cut it off for me is that it was for a magazine that was would have 100 percent shown him in very positive light Mm -hmm. and i didn't want to be the voice for that so you know yes you have the choice to make and so you have to think about you know who who is it for what's the story is this i would never photograph i would also never photograph a hit piece i would you know i i it was tricky with fortune and forbes magazines because sometimes they would do a piece on how terrible the company was doing. And I did this portrait session. I didn't get the story beforehand. So, you know, that's a little tricky. You don't want to be sort of tied to, you know, those kind of pieces. So I, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm all about fairness and I, if I don't feel like I can be fair, I don't think I would like to do the session. I'm not, I, it's not my job to make anyone look bad Yeah. or overly good. Yeah. You just want to tell the truth as much as, as much as we can, but you know, we are in the job of making people look good. That's why they get their photos taken. <laughs> That's why Joe breaks out that Ellen Chrome. He's got the hassy. Yeah. <laughs> Make them look sharp, man. Um, and you know, being a photo- portrait photographer, you come in contact with so many wide variety of people. What do you think you kind of learned about people in general, this being in coming in contact with so many different type of people? Because mm-hmm. as you know, a photographer, um, you meet so many different people. Most people like, you work a normal job. Like they're not going to meet all these different people mm-hmm. from all walks of life. What do you think you've learned? I mean, I, I've learned that that's what I, this, that's the why. I mean, that's, that's why I do it. I, I'm not interested in shooting, you know, cars or, or travel or, um, fashion. Um, it's people and their stories. So the, the, the thread from photojournalism, which is pure, storytelling mostly about humans um is what i'm drawn to and and you know with instagram uh showing us that people care about people's stories and backgrounds i mean now um celebrities share what used to be you know insider secrets they share themselves on their own platform every single day so the game of like you know celebrity photography has changed so fundamentally and you know in a lot of ways for the better i think in that if you're not coming to the table as a photographer with some kind of undeniably interesting way to photograph somebody you're 
a hundred percent going to get lost in the, in the fray. Mm -hmm. So the photographers that I see coming up have such an authentic feel, um, that they're, they're being, they're being hired for the right reasons. It's because they, you know, are showing truth in, in, in portraiture. Who are some of the uh, photographers work you like these days? I mean, I will just say, um, <laughs> just off the top of my head, <clears throat> I've been thinking about this a lot is, um, I'm going to butcher her last name, but Sasha Artinova. Did you No. So she's Sasha photo on Instagram. Um, I've just known about her work for years and I've always re- been drawn to how authentic her portraits were, but she always did these amazing stories that were always so, um, visually, um, uh, compelling. And she integrated motion with her stills in the story motion, iPhone motion, stills, motion, stills. And it just always felt like the same. Yeah. And I thought it was such, such a beautiful thing. And then just a couple of weeks ago, um, the New York times, I don't know if it was the magazine or just the online, mm. they commissioned her to do, I think it was the magazine. They commissioned her to do motion pieces and not stills. I think they had a still photographer do the stills, a different still photographer. And she just did motion of street performers in New York. Okay. And they were just little snippets, but they were so thoughtfully produced. And they also just really felt like the way she would shoot it on stills. Yeah. I saw her voice coming through in those pieces. And I just thought that's everything. I mean, if you can have that kind of voice where you can pick up a motion camera and it still feels like your work. I mean, that's, something I think about a lot. And, um, uh, I just, you know, that's, that's a voice that I feel like there's a real place for. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll have to get her on here. I, I, there's lots, lots of photographers <laughs> know, on, my, on my radar. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and a couple more questions. I'll let you go. Um, uh, like we were kind of mentioning motion stuff. Is that something you're messing with at all these days? Cause you know, you hear it so much people are like you gotta do motion. Everyone's gotta do motion. Like mm-hmm. what's your take on it? You do. Um, And also, we shouldn't be afraid of it. I mean, like I said, Sasha has shown that um, there it's not uh, it's not one or the other. It's it's both. Um, As a portrait photographer, I want to do motion portraits. And that's something I'm I'm working on is, um, you know, what is the how do we extrapolate um, a still portrait into a small motion piece? So I'm talking about a few seconds okay. of, 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 um, of what would be a portrait and then stringing those together into some kind of story. Uh, also just like, you know, the visual, um, scene setting of motion. Um, and, uh, I, I think, you know, I've, I've directed motion on, on jobs where we had to do some kind of like motion piece, but it always just felt a little bit like, there are there are directors who do this, mm-hmm. so I feel like a photographer like myself should do this other thing that is in between photography and film directing. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And I guess looking back at all your work over the years, is is there one body of work that you think you're most proud of when you look at your all your work? I mean, it changes. I mean, I have I have moments, and you know, we're we're allowed to. Uh, to love something and then not love it anymore and then love it again. And, yeah. you know, it, it comes and goes. Um, I, I'm proud of portrait work. I do of, of real people. Um, I do like setting up a, a portrait setting and photographing 
people who don't normally get photographed. The Price is Right series is awesome <laughs> on your Thanks. website. You, I think you, was that you did for LA Times maybe or LA Magazine. LA so magazine. I did a I did a personal project for LA Mag- Magazine on the on the Baptist churchgoers in South LA, and then I pitched it to LA Magazine saying I'd like to do more of these, but I I would like them to live somewhere, and okay. so they gave me the back page of the magazine every Damn. month for like a year and a half, and I just had to like go and produce these shoots, which was a really good exercise for me to to photograph real people, but it really did calibrate in my mind what people look like and act like mm-hmm. who aren't seasoned portrait sitters. And it helps me when I photograph someone who gets photographed all the time to break them down into like, you know, real people don't do that. Let's get back into like mm-hmm. a human moment, yeah. you know? And so it's the, those in between shots, like I say, in the edit, I'm really looking for that shot. That's not like the others. Um, there, I get a lot out of um, shooting personal work uh, to help me define that. No, that's exciting. And I guess my last question, um, you've been doing this for a while. Um, what kind of keeps you inspired about photography? And uh, I guess any goals for the future, I guess? Um, well, I mean, there's no shortage of inspiration. Uh, <laughs> I'm inspired by artists. I'm inspired by uh poets um my wife is a writer and she's turned me on to these poetry podcasts and i'm (laughs) like obsessed with them because they're they're there's one called uh on being with krista trippett and she interviews poets and if you just listen to it and think about the way they see the world um that's what we should do i think poetry is uh you know poetry is a a way to describe things that can't be described. And I think if you can do that with photography, if you can photograph things that can't be photographed, uh, moments or places or feelings, um, that's the, that's the goal. So, and then just seeing all the new, the new talent that's out there, um, that, that photo editors and photo directors are, are fostering. I do want to give a shout out to Jen Laskett, the Hollywood reporter, because she has been instrumental along with Katrina and, and others in finding new voices and the covers of Hollywood Reporter are photographed by a lot of photographers I've never had covers before. Yuri, my friend Yuri, uh, yeah, amazing yeah. photographer. She's crushing it with them. Absolutely. And you know, they've been given a chance and it just goes to show you that, you know, um, when you say that person doesn't have any experience so they can't do it, it's like, give them one chance. You know, they, they can do it. And, um, seeing all the voices that are now being, um, now being showcased in a magazine like Hollywood Reporter is super interesting because when I was shooting a lot for them, you know, there were six or eight of us and now there's, you know, dozens and um, it makes the magazine way more interesting. I appreciate your perspective, man, because a lot of photographers would just want to hoard every job for themselves, so I appreciate... Uh, we get, well, uh, yeah, we can, we can only be in one place at one time. The, you know, the idea of, like, worrying about any job that you lose, it's like... I mean, uh, I think about that when I can't do a job because I'm booked. It's like there is no one job that that uh, that uh, mm-hmm. that is that important. Well, Joe, can't thank you enough for doing this, man. Uh, when I started this podcast, you were one of the first guys I wanted to have on. I was really excited, and it was a real pleasure. I can't thank you enough. And uh, for people listening, where's the best place to check out your work? Uh, uh, just Joe Pug on Instagram and. Uh, JoePug.com. Hell yeah, I'll link it and uh, thanks so much. Thank you. 
thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I actually wanted to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. PicDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. And your clients can actually write notes on the photos you send to them and rate them. It's just a really easy way to keep all your photos organized in one spot. I've been using it for a few months now. And it's just kind of really helped me organize everything and streamline my workflow for years, I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But PicDrop, it was actually designed by photographers. So they really understand what photographers need. And actually, with today's podcast, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PicDrop.com. So definitely go, go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PicDrop.com. And also, it's got to give a big thank you to our our guest Joe Pugliese. Um, been a big big fan of Joe's work for years now, so it was a real pleasure talking to him. He just has a wealth of knowledge and experience within photography. So definitely go check out Joe's website at JoePug.com, as well as his Instagram at JoePug. He's always updating uh, different projects he's working on and assignments. There's lots of cool work, so definitely go check that out. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts. Every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.